0: We welcome you into Berea the Dog Bowl on the cross-country mortgage campus in Berea, Ohio. I'm Jason Gibbs. This is the best podcast available. Coming up on the program today, Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports NFL and NFL Draft analyst will join us. Just uh, a week and change out from the 2023 NFL Draft. But first and foremost, the players on this 2023 Cleveland Browns roster are back in the building. Off-season workouts officially begun, and we are amping up to the 2023 season. The guys back in the building, they'll go through workouts for a couple of weeks, and then we'll get into OTAs, and it'll all culminate with mandatory minicamp that first week in June. But first, the NFL draft, and the Browns, they don't pick till pick 74 as of right now. Never know what could happen uh with this football team. However, a lot of draft picks on day late day 2 and also day 3 a lot of draft picks. So an opportunity for this football team to move up and maybe snag someone in that second round or move up in the third round. They do have two picks in that third round. We talked to Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports NFL Draft analyst. We talked about the draft in general, and obviously the quarterbacks and a lot of uh, interest from Ohio State side of things with C.J. Stroud. Will he be the first player taken in the draft? We get Ryan's thoughts on that. We get Ryan's thoughts also on another Buckeye that could be available in day three in edge rusher Zach Harrison. We talk about the deepest positions in this draft and some other players that you might want to be aware of as we get into late on day two and in to day three. Have a watch and have a listen. And here on the best podcast available, happy to be joined as we are every year. It's like an annual tradition with the great Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports NFL Draft Analyst, also covers the NFL throughout the season. You can also hear new podcasts this year, which I'm a, I'm a big fan, with the First Pick podcast uh, with Rick Spielman uh, doing an outstanding job on that, Ryan. And Appreciate a few minutes, man. We're, we're counting it down. We're close. We're close to barbecue and a little draft in Kansas city coming up here sooner rather than later in the next week and change. Uh, it, it's been a crazy draft season. I feel like, you know, we're not, we're not really sure what the quarterback situation is. We, we, we think there's some good ones in there, but it, from a draft standpoint, different than in years past we don't have that loaded wide receiver class what do you make of everything here about 10 days out from the draft
1: yeah it's incredibly different and here's the thing so a year ago there's only one quarterback right they went in the first round Kenny Pickett went 20 to the Steelers and the next one didn't go until the third round this year is going to be completely different and while last year's draft was exciting on, on many levels this is going to be much more exciting because fans care about quarterbacks Uh, fans that have teams that need quarterbacks certainly care about the order in which these quarterbacks go. And I think that's where the conversation starts. Quarterbacks going to go first, probably go second, probably go third if a team trades up. And then the question becomes, is there a fourth quarterback? How high does he go? And that's basically me prepsing this by saying, I have questions about Will Levis. And I think there are teams that they're not scared off by Will Levis, but they don't like him top five. And that's just the nature of the beast. And part of me wonders if this is um, not so much for the NFL teams because they appear to have gotten it right, but for, for media and fans, because last year, myself included, I was trying to talk myself into Matt Corral being a first-round pick, into Malik Willis being a first-round pick, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. Uh, three of those guys won the third round. Sam Howell won the fifth. Sam Howell may end up being the best of the group. Um, but that just shows you that the NFL teams, even though quarterback is an incredibly important position and a lot of times they're drafted. Teams are willing to be patient, at least last year. Fast forward to this year. So Bryce Young, he's going to go early. C.J. Stroud, he's going to go early. The order is what's we have to wait to sort of find out. I've heard that the Panthers are on, the, on C.J., so we'll find out in 14 days for sure. But then after that, Anthony Richardson, everyone knows, incredibly athletic, only had 13 starts, only completed barely 50% of his passes, and there were a lot of peaks and valleys in, in that tape. We talked to him at the Combine, and he said – basically, and this makes sense when you see the young man in person. I've been the biggest, strongest, fastest person on the on every field I've been on. So I tried to do too much last year for Florida and I have to learn to play within the system. And, and I think that's the big task. Can you get him to play within the system? And then Will Levis, of course, looks like a quarterback you'd build in the lab. Last season, his tape was not great. Millions of reasons. The offensive line wasn't very good. The offensive coordinator wasn't very good. He was injured. There's no tougher player in this draft than Will Levis. But that aside... Are you going to take him top five if you're a team that needs a quarterback? And there's been some concerns about, based on what we saw on the tape, whether he is a top five guy that you take that can start right away because I'm not sure he is. I like him more towards the middle to the bottom of the first round for teams that have needs down there. Buccaneers obviously come to mind. Maybe a situation where the Rams trade up because, like the Browns, they don't have a first-round pick either and have something uh, in line for a post-Matthew Stafford world. But that's a quarterback situation as we sit here. I think CJ goes first. I like Bryce a little better, but obviously Frank Reich's the new coach there. They have Jim Caldwell on staff, Thomas Brown's the new offensive coordinator, and they're trying to win now with new with with owner David Tepper. That's the they like bigger quarterbacks, so I, I think that's the direction they're going. And then that means that the Texans can take Bryce, and they've been high on Bryce for quite a while. So that's also something to to keep an eyeball out for.
0: All right, why do you like Bryce Young?
1: You watch Bryce play, and that's why, that's why I like Bryce Young. And here's the thing. Like, CJ is a, a really good football player, and you watch him in the fall on television. You're sitting home on Saturday, and you're going, okay, yeah, he he's making some plays, but he's throwing to last year. was Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Mar- Marvin Harrison the second, and he made plays this year without Jackson Smith and Jigwood, by the way, so he was able to do that, but Marvin Harrison did had a huge season in 2022. And, and you sort of get away from the fact that, he's actually doing a lot of this is as, as well. A lot of this is on, on CJ. Like he's making these throws. He's layering these throws to the second level. He's also had an offensive line that every year you have two or three guys that are getting drafted high uh, Alabama. I mean, it's hard to make a sob sword for Alabama, but in Bryce's defense, he hasn't been thrown to the same receivers that Tua and, and Mac Jones were throwing to all those first round picks that got drafted. He's throwing just a bunch of guys. Uh, many of whom may not get drafted and he does it consistently. Off platform. Um, he got he he pro- there's probably no one better in this draft that that moves inside the pocket uh with as much subtlety and, and effectiveness as, as Bryce does. <clears throat> Never rattle. We were talking to Will Anderson of the combine and he said, I I've seen Bryce get hit by SEC defensive linemen time and time again. And every time Bryce gets up and he's better on the next play. And another way to say that is that no moment's too big for Bryce. We've seen moments overwhelm quarterbacks. We've seen moments overwhelm Will Levis at times and Anthony Richardson. And you don't see that with Bryce. The only issue is that he's 5'10. That's a pretty huge issue. That's historically small by quarterback standards. But if he's 6'1, guess what? We're talking about him like we talk about Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, and he's going first, and that's a wrap. And he's going to, I think he starts from day one. I think he probably has the best rookie season obviously fit matters and players around him matter. The Texans aren't a great football team now and neither are the Panthers. And it'll be fun to watch those two organizations. Should she uh, should CJ go to Carolina and, and Bryce go to Houston, how they track over the course of the season. But there are no holes in Bryce's game other than the fact that he's short. And you might say, well, balls get batted down. He didn't get balls batted down at Alabama. And I, I think, you know, the best predictor of future success is, is what you've done in the past, and this dude has been incredibly successful.
0: Talking with Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports NFL Draft Analyst, NFL NFL coverage uh, and analyst throughout on CBSports.com, also CBS Sports Multiple Platforms uh, podcast as well with the First Pick podcast with Rick Spielman. All right, let's talk about those Ohio State guys. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a lot of people think – there could only be one wide receiver. I don't think that'll be the case that goes in the first round, but obviously he's toward the top of the list. Uh, Paris Johnson has really elevated, uh, and I know in your latest mock, you have him going ninth to Chicago. And then a guy that I know Browns fans are are hoping maybe is around later on uh, on night uh, number two of the draft in that third round, Zach Harrison, the edge rusher uh, out of Ohio State. If you could talk a little bit about those guys.
1: Yeah, let's start with Zach Harrison. I, I think Zach Harrison will be around. I uh, talked to team, So I was at the Ohio State Pro Day to watch CJ, then all the other guys were there as well. And by the way, Marvin Harrison Jr., I think he's going to be pretty good. Just a hunch. Uh, watching him catch passes from yeah. CJ. He flashed. <laughs> but in terms of, uh, of Harrison, sweet mercy. I, again, I was talking about Will Levis building someone in the lab. That's what a defensive end looks like when you build him in the lab. He is long. Uh, he tested well. The issue is... He's a little high-waisted, and that's sort of a scouting term. His long legs are sort of skinny-ish, and at times you want those defensive ends to be a little thicker in the lower half to when you're setting the edge against these offensive linemen in the NFL. That said, again, the arm length, uh, the athleticism, um, he's a little stiff at times in his movements when you watch the tape, and and you'd like him to be a little bit more explosive. And I, I think the reality is that when you talk to NFL teams about him, they love the body type and they love the player, but he may be there when the Browns eventually get on that clock with pick 74. He might be there pick 98. He might be there pick one 111 in the fourth round. I think I've heard mostly early day three um, because of the stiffness at times. But um, if you told me he went in the third round, I, I would certainly believe that all day long. Paris Johnson Jr. 36 inch arms like his arm length, is the same as Dewan Jones and obviously he weighs 70 ish pounds, depending on the day, less than Dewan. And you have the position flexibility, played right guard in 2000, uh, 2021. Last year, played left tackle, athleticism out of this world, had a great pro day, did the workout. I know some teams were unhappy that Dewan didn't work out of the pro day, but that was his choice, and that's fine. Uh, but Paris worked out in he did himself favors by working out because uh, you were able to see him move in person. You were able to see the athleticism in person going through the offensive line drills, and that showed up on tape. Uh, There's stuff that needs to be refined, but you can say about every player at every position coming into the draft, Uh, but there are teams that like him a lot. There are teams that like him in the top ten a lot, lot. and there are teams that are considering trading up to go get Paris Johnson Jr. probably inside the top ten. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's one of those cases where, uh, what have you done for for me lately? You forget about him because he only played in three games, only had five catches because of the hamstring. But where were we in the Super Bowl, we talked to Garrett Wilson and, and C.J. Strout, Strout separately, and both of them said, without provocation, that Jackson Smith and Jiggle was the best wide receiver on that team in 2021. He led the team in receiving. He led the team in receiving yards, and, and that group includes, as I mentioned, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, both first-round picks, Marvin Harrison, Junior, he's going to be a first-round pick. He's going to be a top-five pick. And, and, of course, C.J. Stroud. So that gets your attention, and the short shuttle, three-cone that Jackson did at the Combine was the best of anyone there. Over the the pro-day circuit, uh, there have been over a 1,000 kids that work out of these pro days in every single position all across the country. Jackson ranked second, I think, in the three-cone and short shuttle, and that's a great indication of short area quickness and ability to, to change directions and 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 those sorts of things. He ran a four or five at the pro day. It looked fast in person. Every team I talked to said that's fast enough. So he is going to be in the conversation for wide receiver. One I heard primarily it's him and Zay flowers. Interestingly out of Boston college, you haven't heard a lot about Zay, but teams love Zay as well. So, Jackson didn't didn't work out. Excuse me, didn't play much of the season because of the injury. But I think a lot like Jamar Chase is not going to matter. We've seen him work out. We know what he can do. We saw his tape in 2021. And just like the year before with Jamar when he didn't play the last year because of a COVID opt-out, turns out it didn't matter. He's a good football player. And and I think that's going to be the case with Jackson. He's going to come in and and have the same sort of productivity that we saw from his teammates, Gary Wilson and Crystal Lave when they came into the league last year.
0: Talking with Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports NFL and NFL Draft Analyst. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson. CBS Is the best position in this draft also the deepest position? And if so, what would that position be in your opinion? I
1: think cornerback is pretty deep. Uh, I think that's a great place to start. Tight end is deep, uh, which is kind of weird to say because you don't say that very often um edge rusher has some guys you can get on day three they're going to contribute right away now defensive line linebacker wide receiver as you mentioned those those positions are not deep but in terms of cornerback and and the browns could be in the market for a cornerback for sure christian gonzalez these guys are going to be you know they'll be uh, they'll be at their new sites giving their press conferences and then by looking for homes by the time the the Browns getting on the clock, so uh, they don't have to worry about these players. But Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Deontay Banks, Joey Porter Jr., those guys will be gone in the first round. There's buzz that Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State could be a first-round pick, and he's interesting because he's six feet, but he weighs 166, and that might give Browns fans flashbacks to Greedy Williams, but this guy is an absolute ball hawk. I think he had 13 career interceptions, six pick sixes, and he is probably – not even probably. He he's the the best ball hawk in this class. And, and another player that's getting some first round buzz is Julius Brintz, Juju Brintz out of Kansas State. He's six two and a half, um, ran a four five three. But again, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, the short shuttle and the three cone were off the charts, and just talks about that short area quickness. If we're talking about the the when the Browns are on the clock, some guys that that maybe will, will be there. Garrett Williams out of Syracuse. Towards ACL uh during the season. He's a tough player um, against the run, can play in coverage. He's undersized in terms of his height, and weight, but he plays much bigger than that. I think he's 5'10, 5'11", like 185, 190. Corey Trice is a huge cornerback out of Purdue. Ran in the 4'4s. Four he also tested off the charts. Um, let's see. Let me give you one more name here. How about? Let's go with let's go with Eli Ricks. LSU transfer went to Alabama. Long kid ran. I was at the Alabama pro day, and he's fluid. His movements are fluid. Uh, there's some can he need to be coached up concerns, but uh, in terms of immaturity, not a bad kid. But just the, that sort of thing. That said, if you can put up with Nick Saban for a year, you can probably handle just about anything. Um, he is long. Ran four six, maybe four five eight. He plays faster than that. Didn't start at Alabama last year, but when he got on the field and got his opportunity, he took advantage of it, and he could be there in the fourth round. Um, even though at times he's played like a, a day two talent for sure.
0: All right. So we talked about wide receiver edge. I know defensive line and linebacker that aren't as deep as in years past. What about the running back room, especially uh, the running back position, maybe on day three? You know, I, I've read some stuff. I know that you've talked about it a little bit as well. I feel like the Browns could be in a in a spot there to go get another guy, uh, especially if if they don't bring back Kareem Hunt right now, Nick Chubb and, and Jerome Ford, a guy that they picked up last year from Cincinnati. Um, but I feel like there there could be a need there at running back maybe on day three. What do you think about that running back position?
1: It's deep. And, and that's, that's another place where... So the conversation starts with B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, right? But the issue is... You can draft those guys in the first round or the first 40 picks, but it's, are you going to get the same? Are you overpaying for productivity, right? Because Damian Pierce, I think was a fourth round pick last year, went to day three, went to Houston and just balled out. And that's the the math you're doing. And that's actually good news for, um, for the Browns. And it's funny that the Saquon Barkley draft, when he went second overall, I think Nick Chubb goes in the thirties and you could argue Nick Chubb, it has been more effective and probably pretty easily because Saquon missed time with with the ACL injury and Chubb's getting paid now as he should. But you had him on that rookie deal where you were saving a little money in the front end. But either way, so there are going to be a lot of guys that are going to be available. Uh, a guy that I absolutely love, I don't know if he's going to be there early uh, or that that late third round pick or the 74th pick is Roshan Johnson out of Texas. He might be there. Like I like him a little more than some some other people do. And Roshan was the backup to Bijan in Texas. He's bigger. Um he's probably a little stronger. He's not as fast not surprisingly, but he has low mileage. He's a one cut and go run over guy type running back. He gives you an added element in the special teams both in coverage and return. And and he can block all day long. So he checks every box, and he's a great kid. Uh, we got a chance to speak with him as well at the Combine. I love Roshan Johnson. I love him, like second-round love him, but he may be there in the third, and that could be a target. Completely different player. Maybe there at 74 because of his size is De- De- Devin Achain, the, the super sprinter speed uh, running back out of Texas A&M. He's only 188, but he runs between the tackles like he's 250. And, um, <laughs> I was talking to him with the combine cause he legit ran a ten point one eight hundred, which is, I've been told extremely fast. Um, I said, have you ever over the course of your 20 something years on earth, everyone, anyone ever ran, ran, ran you down? He goes, I have no idea what it feels like to be caught from behind in my life. No one has ever caught me. So that's the type of speed we're dealing with. And you see it on tape, like he runs between the tackles and he outruns everyone to the end zone. He can take it around the edge and outrun everyone to the end zone. So, you know, pick your poison sort of situation. Uh, another guy that I'll mention that I like that could be early day three, maybe late day two, Evan Hull out of Northwestern. He's more of a James Conner type back, not to 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 invoke the Steelers here, but he gives you uh, – he's sort of a workhorse back. He's faster than he looks. He did everything in that Northwestern offense because that Northwestern offense stunk. He would run the wildcat at times, and, and he can make plays in the passing game as well, so he gives you that added versatility, and he is tough. He is He takes hit after hit. He's hard to bring down. And I love the way he played in the season. Went to the Senior Bowl, had a really good Senior Bowl there as well. But that could be a, a target with that uh, one eleven pick if running back is the the position they decide to target there. Uh, I don't think he goes day two, but but maybe he does if the team really likes him.
0: All right, final one, Ryan Wilson. We appreciate the time here, uh, CBS Sports NFL Draft and NFL analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson CBS. Uh, Lamar Jackson situation. The Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets that we're still kind of waiting for—do d- those things come to fruition before draft night? You know, do we? Do we? I don't know if we're going to have an answer on Lamar. I feel like that's going to play itself out here over time. Uh, but the Aaron Rodgers trade uh, to the Jets—I'm assuming if you're the Jets, you want those picks this year, but maybe you want to wait a year. I—I I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens there and, and how that dictates uh what could happen on night one of the draft
1: no jason that's the thing and i i didn't get the aaron Rodgers thing from from the jump i i am not a jimmy garoppolo fan by any stretch but i thought he made more sense in new york and that it wouldn't cost as much he's going to be the bridge quarterback which he's going to be the bridge quarterback anyway probably in, in vegas at some point and he would fit into that locker room now i know that the 49ers had had enough of, a, of what was going on there, but. And then we didn't hear about it in the media. It wasn't really a thing. And, you know, you saw him laughing on the sidelines once. Aaron Rodgers feels like if he doesn't want to put his heart and soul into it, he ain't going to put his heart and soul into it. And that's the concern because he's in his late 30s. He can retire at any moment. You're going to give up a ton to get this guy. And then maybe he decides to hang it up at the end of the season and where you're at. Where are you? And my, my concern also is that that defense is so good. You don't need Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in the prime you can sort of win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade over Mike White. Mike White did some pretty good things last year when he wasn't hurt. But anyway, that that ain't going to happen. So they're basically locked into Aaron Rodgers. I don't know when it's going to happen. You would imagine that um, the Packers would like to have some compensation before the draft, but the Packers may be in a situation where they're like, you know what, let's just get rid of this dude, and whatever happens, happens, and, and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Lamar feels a little more likely to, to happen, right? It just feels like – I wish Lamar had an agent, so – the agent can handle everything for him, but that's not the world we live in. But I feel like Lamar is just taking his time and maybe, maybe making a statement. I don't know, but it feels like that situation is much more, it's much closer to being resolved than certainly what's going on with, with New York and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I don't know that. And that's bad news for the rest of the AFC North. It's great news for the Ravens. But again, sort of tying this together, if I'm the Jets, I'm just going after Lamar. I'm willing to pay the the two first round picks. You're going to have to pay him a, a boatload of money, but you have to pay Aaron Rodgers as well, even if it's over a shorter term deal. So we'll see how these play out. It does feel like Aaron, uh, the Ravens and Lamar will, will sort something out certainly sooner and probably on, on better terms than what the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers end up doing. But uh, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers and, and the Jets and the Packers, what that holdup is. Although I, th- I think Joe Douglas said recently that he's going to be a jet. It's just a matter of when and, uh, you know, at this point, who, who knows?
0: Amen to that. Ryan Wilson, appreciate the time. Know you're a busy man. We wish you all the best here over the next couple of weeks. Just get to that first week in May, man. First That's week right. in May and a couple of cold beverages waiting on the back <laughs> end. So uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you for your time, man. And, and appreciate it. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson, CBS, follow all of his content at CBS and throughout CBS's multiple Platforms uh, on the sports front. Ryan, appreciate the time. Thank you, Jason. Thanks to Ryan Wilson for his time. Make sure you like and subscribe today to the best podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out youtubecom Browns for all of the episodes from the best podcast available. Thanks to Ryan Wilson. Thanks to Anthony Bacco for all of his hard work as well behind the scenes. For Ryan Wilson, for Anthony Bacco, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available.